Good Gabs, sponsored by Skillskin, a nonprofit organization empowering individuals with disabilities through employment. Beautiful fall day. It's been a great year out here in Spokane, and I'm just excited for our guest today. We have Mark Leeper here. Uh, he's from Disability Action Center Northwest. I have learned a lot. I know you all will too. Get ready. Here we go. Hi, Mark. Hello. So you drove up here all the way from Moscow today? Well, actually from Pullman. Okay, uh, Pullman, the Washington yep, side. The Washington side. Our office is, uh, main office is in Moscow, but I live in Pullman, so it's, uh, you know, it's Vandals and Cougs, kind of, I have that split. Uh-huh. How long have you been down there? Well, actually, uh, my family has been in Idaho a long time, and then uh, in 2000, well, actually about 1997, I met a wonderful woman who had uh, more kids in a bigger house than I had, and she lived in Pullman. So I became a uh, Washingtonian back in 2000. <laughs> You're like, I'll cross the border. That's right. That's come. right. It's, and so, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's very cross. So I became known as, as kind of Mr. Her Name in Pullman because she was with the tourism department at the uh, Oh, at yeah. She the knew chamber. everybody. Yeah, she knew everybody. And, of course, in Moscow, everybody knew me. So we just had that split. Well, I'm so glad that you came up here, uh, take the drive on this beautiful fall day to come talk to me and yeah, all of our listeners and tell us about your organization. And so, Mark, tell us about your organization. We want to know more. Well, it's uh, I've got over 30 years to tell about, so I, so I can tell you, tell you a little bit for sure. Uh, Disability Action Center Northwest is one of about 400 centers for independent living as defined in the Rehabilitation Act um, across the country. Uh, funded uh, initially under grants from the U.S. Department of Education, but it switched over to uh, Department of Health and Human Services okay. Administration on Community Living. Um, so Disability Action Center Northwest is uh, actually a, a newer organization of that original grant project, uh, which was through a company called Stepping Stones. But in 1992, the Rehabilitation Act changed to where um, uh, centers for independent living like ours could not be uh, affiliated with uh, residential facilities. Okay, so is this fair to say like when um, America started to move away from the institutional model? Mm -hmm. We started to have independent living model, and that's where you guys fit in? Yeah, and, and even more than that, not only the independent living deinstitutionalization, but the nothing about us without us. Yeah. We're run by a majority of people with a disability. We're cross-disability. Uh, so we serve anybody of any age, of any kind of disability. And it's, really, it, even it's run by kids? Folks. Sure, we'll go in and work with parents to, you know, to advice on IEPs and, and things to look at of how do you help your child um, gain the level of independence that they can and that they want to, or the level of interdependence that they have control over, because that's the way we all really are. Nobody's really independent. No doubt, exactly. So. Well, interesting. And so, like in Spokane, you know, we're mm -hmm. a metropolitan area. We've got a lot of agencies up here helping in uh, the disability space. And so some people start to specialize in working with kids, mm -hmm. adults, employment, housing. Y'all are doing it all, right? Well, I'd like to see independent living centers and state independent living council. Each state has one of those. They're run by people with disabilities as well. That we ought to be kind of an umbrella. We care about everybody. And so uh, advocacy is our primary focus, 
um, giving people the tools they need to self-advocate, uh, and then also systems advocacy to make sure systems treat everybody um, fairly um, and give the opportunities they ought to. Communities are stronger for having everybody involved. Totally. We, we talk about self-advocates a lot in the space of just self-advocacy in the employment space, like saying right. what, what do you need to be successful in your job? Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're talking about advocacy, is that like, uh, tell us more about that. Well, it, it, anything in your life, if I think about just the average, and I always tell my staff this when I hire them, think about what you like, not what those people may like. And again, a majority of our staff have a disability, so it's not really those people. But uh, we talk about anything that you have to make happen in your life is an advocacy process. That um, if it's gaining services and the services aren't meeting your needs, then you should advocate as to what do I need, what works for me. Uh, have control of know that. best exactly we know our mm-hmm. best about ourselves most of the time and uh, the cheers uh, to that for, for brain surgery i'm not so much i don't want it in my hands but you know we'll go, we'll, that's a whole other issue uh, but no it's it's so it's, it's advocacy with respect to everything how do you get involved with policy decisions how do you advocate for your own personal things uh in employment how do you how much do you know about your rights um, do you disclose? Do you not disclose? Well, having, having knowledge about you know ADA and other Human Rights Act uh, re- regulations helps you be able to present your point of view. So that's what we really kind of focus on. And that crosses all boundaries. If there's some other organization working on that with folks, then we're out there to champion that organization because be you know, there's not enough. Of that. Exactly. Because, it's, again, it just involves us all, and it's driven by folks that, uh, that care. I love that. And we're, our organization, Skillskin, like Mm -hmm. we're starting to really, I guess, flex our muscle as an organization in the advocacy space, especially Mm -hmm. at the national level with, you know, self-advocates. Like we're, we're pretty green, Mm -hmm. but we're learning how to do it better. Mm -hmm. And part of our national network through the Ability One program, uh, we've got some tools to use to help people, you know, learn how to be better advocates on that policy level. Yeah. Do you have any advice for us uh, on how, you know, when we're looking for people in our organization or how mm-hmm. to approach those conversations? Well, it sounds to me like you're, you've, you're already doing what you need to be doing, and that's involving uh, the people that are affected and empowering uh, people. Or I'd empower is like you're giving something. To, no, it's, it's helping people figure out their power. Yeah. And it's, it's not, uh, we're not doing anything to people. It's, it's folks discovering and getting the tools to do things. And so that's yeah, we call like that what you're just, doing. Uh, yeah. Creating or helping find more opportunities. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Everyone else gets to open whatever door they want. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And it's 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 by connecting people, involving folks. It, it's connections. And I always tell my staff of because we get involved, we go to housing meetings, we go to you know educational things, and it's good that we do. But the end goal should be to say, well, we can go there and we're one voice. But if we have forty people that we connect with, and then they show up at a meeting and say, hey, this affects me, this affects us, uh, then that makes a big difference. A staff member of mine did a, an interesting ep- exercise the other day. He had somebody, he said very emphatically, tell me, me, and shout it out. And so they did. He said, now, the entire room here, let's all shout out at once, us. And, of course, the sound was deafening with Absolutely. the us. And so that's the message when we have power. a group together saying, this is what we need, this is our community, and we want to be a part of full community and this is how it can work that that's powerful incredible how many people um are you 
helping house right now? Well, we don't house, we don't do any housing. Okay. We're, we're actually not able to do housing. We're uh, Centers for Independent Living ha- cannot do residential programs. So we're a majority okay, of folks. Okay, talk to us more about that yeah. then. Uh, that was the 1992 yeah. Rehabilitation Act amendments, and that clarified that they, because there's confusion, if you're doing advocacy, and that's one of your primary roles, and you operate a housing, then if somebody has problems with your housing, who do they go to? Um, well, we're an advocate, so they should come to us, but then we can't advocate against our own stuff. And so that was, we wanted to put that priority on saying we want to be out there where we can look from the outside and, and work with folks, uh, the experts who do things so that they can do them best practice. Uh, we don't want to be the operators because then we. Okay, so there's supported, supported living providers, mm-hmm. uh, like in Washington State. I'm just thinking right. about here in Spokane. Right. Yep, they can't own their, the houses. Mm-hmm. So we go out in the community, we find, you know, partners. Yep. Um, but that's not you. No. Okay. No. We yeah, work- let our listeners know more about that part because there's so much complexity in this there world. Is. And we're all just trying to, you know, come alongside people, make yep. more choices, more opportunities. Well, and that's what we often talk. There's, there's wonderful providers out there. And there's some that aren't so wonderful. Totally. Um, but there's wonderful providers. But still, within that, having somebody, you as a person with a disability, can go to and say, hey, I'm not really feeling like I'm being heard. Um, I don't think I'm able to maximize what I want to do. Can you help? Well, yeah, let's talk about how can you interact with your provider. Well, they're really great. I don't want to make anybody mad. Well, let's talk about how you can interact without doing that. Yeah, there's and ways the to onus, approach yeah, a problem. Exactly. So let's work on that. And then sometimes the onus is in them. They have to do the same back to you. It's an equal trade. And so that's the role we would play with those good providers. For those bad providers, somebody comes to us, well, then it might escalate. Well, here's where you would go to file a complaint. And here's how you would fill out that paperwork, et cetera, et cetera. So, and again, from that standpoint of peer-to-peer, where people with disabilities, we're connecting, we understand. Uh, we face discrimination too sometimes, or we face challenges of maybe a different type, maybe the same type. But can we connect? How do we build? Because it's always about building. It's about looking forward. We can all hash over the past, and God Absolutely. ain't it awful. There's power, <laughs> power it seems in being a victim, but there's not real power in being a victim. There's real power in being con- in control. And so that's what we try to promote. Okay, so now this picture is starting to be painted for me. Um, so how many people are you supporting then in, in connecting you to know, services? Interesting. It depends. Uh, we have different, and it gets kind of technical, but the bottom line is we, we provide information and assistance. So working over the internet, over the phone to over probably a couple thousand people a year. Okay. So this is a pretty and big region then. It's broad. We actually huh. serve 10 Northern Idaho counties, three Southeastern so Washington counties, all the way up to the, the, the border. And then also Spokane County and the four counties North. So a five county region, that's a separate grant project that we've just begun, and we're really trying to build that. It's a challenge because, as you know, being in Spokane, we've got this urban core in Spokane, and then we have these very rural conservative areas um, around, and so try, and we we have to serve everybody, and so it's sometimes it feels like being kind of caught in the middle, but it's always a challenge of saying how do we reach somebody up in in Medellin Falls, how do we meet re, reach somebody in Republic, and how do we serve somebody in downtown Spokane and have everybody kind of in sync when we know they're not in a whole lot of areas. For sure, <laughs> and so it's a it's a challenge, but we're really trying to build that because we think everybody has validity. Our board worries about those people that are aging in place out in rural areas that have never been plugged into 
um, the electronic yeah, network and so on. They, they don't have public transportation. They're, they don't have internet, uh, et cetera, et cetera. They may not have cell coverage. We talk, um, I, I should say, we hear it a lot from our legislative body out here in eastern Washington about the digital divide in rural mm-hmm. areas, but mm-hmm. it's a whole other level when you're talking about yep. uh, folks maybe living with developmental disabilities. And yes, it's a. I'm glad to understand your organizations out there trying to like help and yeah. say like how yeah. what can we do. So what's this project that's coming up here in uh, Eastern Washington then? Well, this is a we have a it's a, again it's a separate separate grant program and so we're actually trying to build its own kind of center up here. It's under our umbrella, but uh, basically we just want to share some administrative costs and then really empower folks in the local area. We have a manager who lives up in Colville. Um, she's doing a tremendous job. We've got an individual who works down. Uh, we have a, an office in the Saranac building. Uh, we're currently advertising hiring a couple of staff. We've had some turnover, and so we're trying, really trying hard to build that up and, and get representation from people with a disability. There is a preference to people with a disability to apply. We're doing some cool things in, in eastern Washington. We got a grant from the Inatai Foundation, and one of the things we're doing in that is uh, we— uh, we're lucky enough to attend a little training from a young high school student who's blind to uh, police officers down in Clarkston and Lewiston, um, Washington and Idaho. And uh, as we got talking to folks, the Washington State Patrol expressed that they would love to have some of that stuff on video so that they could have it for training materials for their officers. So we've actually been able with some of the Inatai Foundation, we're actually doing filming. We have actors who are blind and or visually impaired who are interacting with emergency management folks from police to fire departments and so on and so forth of best practices in interacting with somebody who is blind or visually impaired. Incredible. How do you guide? How do you search? How do you, you know, keep the officer and the individual safe? So we're uh, doing so our final filming. So that kind of material just di- didn't exist then? Correct. Wow. Correct. Not at that level. Yeah. And so the fact that they want it, and then, of course, now the ISP has also expressed interest and in, in numerous uh, fire departments of just being able to have this on hand because it protects their people as well as allowing them to serve people better, which is what they want to do, too. We just it's had awesome. um, the police chief, Spokane police chief, on um, oh, okay. a few weeks ago, and they were talking about a model, this idea of how do we have mental health um professionals paired with police officers yeah. i know they're going to get interested in this training that you're developing yeah. like they're they're very much forward thinking right now and like good. how to uh be a good partner in the community yeah we got to make that connection for you yeah that's yeah. awesome yeah absolutely and i'm excited about that and it's we've got a couple of programs the other one we've got that we're really excited that we're rolling out in a, a new format is, is one we call blue path which is a uh, registry, online registry of businesses related to their accessibility based on the ADA. And so it's, uh, we created a, a quick look, about a five page on a mobile device survey uh, that has to do with uh, parking, getting into the building, circulation into the building, and, and uh, communication, and so on, again, based on the ADA, and that, that those businesses then are listed so that people with a disability, their friends and family members can look at this website and say, well, what am I going to face when I go to yeah. this restaurant, or I go to this store, or I go to this area? We're just adding trails uh, and recreation areas uh, to that as well, uh, and we're going to roll that over in, in a, new, uh, a new format on a new 
more robust website. It's just almost there and then have apps as well. And the other nice thing about it is it's free marketing to businesses to uh, like a $400 billion market is the disability market. And folks don't tend to market to us. And so this is a, a business can claim their listing, they can load a menu, they can load photos, and they learn about the ADA and learn about how they can uh, remove more barriers, uh, how to interact with folks with a disability. And as I say, folks with disabilities and their friends and family know what they're facing when they go out into the community. So You all it's dream awesome. really big down we there we in Moscow, Pullman, because this is incredible. Yeah, um, we get phone calls, uh, you know, it's not infrequent. I'd say there's relative frequency here from businesses just saying, hey, we want to look at our space. We mm -hmm. want to see, talk about our accessibility. And we are amateurs at SkillSkin on this. Like, we know more than others, but we'll come in, we'll talk a lot. Sure. But it sounds like you're the partner we've needed this whole time because we can, you know, help refer people to, to you and your network. Well, this is... And Oh, I'm sorry to cut you off. No, I'm all ears. <laughs> well, I was going to say, uh, speaking that, this is, it can be crowdsourced. And one of the things we do, and we've done it with WSU students and with University of Idaho students who have to do a service learning, we'll do a little workshop, a uh, real short hour introduction. And anybody can, they go out in teams, we give them a big blue, blue path ruler. And they can go out, introduce themselves to business people and say, well, we're here doing a project and we'd like to review your business here. And they interact with that business owner it's been really popular and they load up these businesses then they come back and we do a little debrief and so we call this a mapathon and it's great for youth groups or advocacy groups or any we we actually did one with Hewlett Packard down in Boise and they had the their kind of community impact uh, group that for of their staff members and they finished up at a local brew pub and they thought that was a great way to finish and, and it was and so that that way businesses get mapped and get put on the site uh, we send out a packet to the business business inviting them to claim it and window cling and everything I'm a blue path member and it's so it's a way to involve the community it's crowdsourced it's free um, at this point, at some point, we're, we've got to get somebody to help us fund it because sure. we've been doing it out of our reserves. But uh, I know Washington State has had funding that they wanted to do to, because they felt it was important that people knew about businesses and businesses knew about accessibility options. So, well, and I don't know what your experience is, is, you know, in your community, but here in Spokane, I'm just I'm noticing businesses take this conversation a lot more seriously mm -hmm. and and it's not like a it's a conversation around oh i have to do something mm -hmm. it's more of a desire to to be more inclusive to be a better member of the community and invite a more diverse workforce in mm -hmm. and i'm just getting so excited about that it's like what is yeah. the world changing right in front of me that's pretty awesome if it well, does right it's what I, it's why I wake up in the morning. It's yeah. like I want this needs to happen. Sure, people need more opportunities, especially to to participate in the workforce. Yeah, where's the work? What's that world look like for you when you're helping people maybe talk about work? Well, that's uh, we don't do specifically do work activities. However, we, we do kind of talk about it, though, right? right? I, yeah. It always does. Uh, we talk about. Rights. What are your rights uh, and obligations as an employee with a disability? Um, when do you, do you disclose your disability? That's what we hear an awful lot from folks. So I do trainings on the Americans with Disabilities Act. I've done them all over the country. But when I talk to people with a disability, that often comes up. When do I say, do I have to say I have a disability? No, you don't have to. 
Uh, do I have to say I need an accommodation? No, if you think you might not, then try it out. There's no obligation to do that. So we have those conversations. It's a lot of times it's how do you know yourself as a person with a disability? What do you need? Have you really right. thought about how you do? And then we talk to employers and we say, you know, what do you have, want to have done with this job? It's not how everybody else has done it, but what's your end goal? What's the product? And so are there different ways to do that? Uh, what's the reasonable accommodation process look like? It's an interactive process. How does that work? And are you prepared to engage in that? So all of that hopefully comes out of that friendliness of just saying how accessible is my business because it, it kind of crosses over. And yeah, it so, takes some of those barriers down and that fear. Yeah. Like, no, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, really exactly. Yeah, it's just it's just people stuff. Uh-huh. And And when you stop worrying about how a job gets done and instead worry that it gets done, um, then it really opens up a world of possibilities and study after Those study. Those are the best managers too, right? The ones who yeah. want to control every little aspect. <laughs> yeah, there uh, you go. Who wants to do that? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I know I have enough on my plate. I just assume my people do their stuff and not not ask me to do it for them. But yeah, it's 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 uh, that's an area that, that the ADA has not had as much impact as we all hoped as it, as the employment. Mm-hmm. Uh, levels of folks with a disability. I know this culture so. of change. It's going to happen on the, maybe on those one-on-one basis. Yeah, that's why I love this program that you're describing yeah. right now. We're just getting in there. We're yeah. having real conversations. Exactly. What's possible? What's not? That that's culture change. Yeah, and you keep it's it like, friendly. You're developing relationships then with the businesses. There's such a value in them because the numbers I speak are the actual numbers. We're talking four hundred billion dollar market. It, it's bigger than the teen market that people... Uh, I never realized that. Those oh, are it, huge numbers. Oh, it's incredibly huge. And and a lot of people don't realize that. They think they're afraid if they do anything, then they're going to be noticed when, in fact, the ADA says that you can engage in alternative re- means of providing access if you can't remove the physical barriers. Readily achievable barrier removal under the ADA is a pretty easy standard. But it means you need to be doing something. So we often tell folks, well, show that you're doing something. And that's a little bit of a safe harbor for a lot of folks. Uh, yep. We don't have the drive-by lawsuits you hear about in the South up here. Uh, quite the opposite is the issue. And people are often eager to work with businesses, we find, and saying, well, here's how it would work for me better. And so you have that friendly engagement, so it becomes a friendly uh, adoption of, of something new that's good for everybody rather than some coercive thing. And that's what we're really trying to reinforce. Once I uh, got into this world, I was in the medical device world for a long time uh-huh. and uh, just got exposed to the you know, world of disabilities and specifically employment about six years ago. Mm-hmm. And that idea of like some of the stuff we do as businesses to, you know, accommodate everyone helps everyone. Mm-hmm. And I thought the idea was a really great idea when I first heard it, but then I started to see it in practice. I was like, no, this is legit. This is not a slogan. It's not a tagline. Mm-hmm. This is the real deal that mm-hmm. like we, we as businesses can just accommodate a little different way. Maybe set ourselves up a little different way. Mm-hmm. Everyone wins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't want that? Yeah. Okay, so Mark, I didn't know it, but we need your help. So we're working on a project right now where we found out that here in Eastern Washington, about 25% of people living with disabilities in low-income housing, uh, excuse me, 25% of people in low-income housing in Eastern Washington are living with a a documented Mm -hmm. disability Mm -hmm. right now. And out of that 25%, about 95% of them aren't working at all. Mm -hmm. And we have all these jobs at SkillSkin and we're trying to get people to 
to come and engage with us, to come and engage mm-hmm. with the workforce. And they're getting really nervous about, hey, I'm going to lose my medical if I have a job. I'm going to lose, you know, my maybe some disability payments if mm-hmm. they have it or or their actual housing itself. Mm-hmm. And so we're having a we're having some success getting people in, but we want to have more. And I'm wondering, do you have any ideas on how to just start that conversation with someone about, you know, engaging in the workforce and maximizing their benefits? Right. Yeah, that's um, that's a, such a challenge because those those benefit cliffs that are built into the process that we we talk about work incentives and and, and they've improved from the time I started, but it's still really confusing. Um, so I think as they're starting to get some more benefits planners, that's going to help folks. But talking a lot of times, if somebody's connected with vocational rehabilitation, trying to get some engagement with that that uh, counselor, and are they are they offering? Is there an option to get some benefits support of, of so people understand? What are the things uh, that they can do uh-huh. and what's going to get them in difficulty? Are there some creative things that pass plans um, uh, that allow them to write off some, some work expenses and so on and so forth? All of those things. Finding those, letting them know that there are options to find some of those supports. And then it's a slower process, but that at least gets the ball rolling. That's that self-advocacy piece. What Starting you, the conversation, just starting yeah. there. Yeah. Okay, so me, I'm impatient. Ask anyone on my team. They're like, oh, gee, Steve, you got something going on. Uh, they always slow me down. Thank goodness. But that's <laughs> what I'm hearing from you. It's like, this may yeah. not be an overnight um, change. We're going to have to start slow. Start with that relationship. Well, what's, we see that as a, as a society. What's more frightening than not having a safety net? And, and uh, get off and editorialize on that piece, but it, uh, we all face that, and I think yeah. we see that anxiety. We, deal with, we live with far more anxiety than we have to, but uh, that's certainly true for people with a disability that you could no longer work or maybe you've never been able to work because of a disability. And then um, you, you all of a sudden are saying, well, let's, let, I have to go to work. Uh, or I want to go to work, but what's going to happen? I have no safety net. Am I going to make enough to pay my bills? And I'm, is my medical going to be there? Um, and so it's, uh, you know, what, what do you do? It's a scary thing. And so I think acknowledging that and saying, well, it's going to take some time to talk about it. You don't have that, that fear go away overnight. None of us does. And so I think engaging, having that longer conversation, allowing for some time, uh, peer-to-peer connections, I think, are critical. Yeah. Talking to somebody else with a disability that, yeah, I was there. Um, and then there's other creative ways that you can also deal with the substantial gainful activity levels and, and doing different things that, uh, that are in place but are really poorly understood. So. Thank you. That's sage advice. And I know some of our team uh, listens to this podcast. So, yeah, Mark's got the, some secrets for us. Yeah, because I've just been thinking about it right now, just in that process. We're like, oh, yeah, come and sign up for a job right now. Mm-hmm. And so maybe some people are ready for that. Mm-hmm. But really, it's just that starting the conversation, mm-hmm. what's possible. Mm-hmm. Mark, thank you. That's really, uh, that's amazing. I can't wait for this office to, you know, get stood up here in Spokane. We're going to have to, like, Skillskin and, and your network, I would love to partner with you and, yeah. and, and see how we can help, uh, you know, better this community, better this world. 
Well, anybody out there that's uh, that wants to connect with folks with a disability, and uh, that's kind of what we're all about. And uh, sometimes we might push some buttons because you know, it's, uh, <laughs> good systems are are sometimes a little bit arbitrary, and and so you know, but that's that's dealing with people, and that's what we want to have folks with a disability. We want to be seen as people, just like everybody else. We take risks, we fail, we mess up, and sometimes we do astounding things. So yeah. Mark, thank you so much for joining us today. It's just been a real pleasure. Um, anything you'd like the Spokane um, or Eastern Washington world start to think about before you guys, you know, come into into this market? Um, boy, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Um, this is a delight to talk to you, just to meet meet new people because I think we're all much more powerful working together uh, in the ways we can, and uh, and maybe not getting quite so quick to uh, discount the ways that we're, we're different. Instead, let's, let's, let's work around compromises, something that happens. But the thing we don't compromise on, and, and as we come into Spokane, is I think uh, that people with this disability are people. And we, uh, we will be championing our rights to have power over our own lives and impact in our communities. Uh, communities are for everybody, including us, and uh, that's what we work towards. So, uh, so come get connected. Our uh, staff member, Arius uh, Franklin in Spokane here is, is uh, downtown, and we've got folks out in the rural area, and we'll have more people coming on soon, and we're here. You heard it right here, everybody. Mark Lieber, Sage Words, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.